We are going to begin the road to Easter today, which is why we're already getting into Easter 2023. We're going to start this, this kind of journey toward the cross, looking through some passages that lead up into the, that, really that last week around Jesus' life, which is so much, right? We, there's so much in the Gospels about that. Some of the largest chunks of the Gospels are really about the last week of Jesus' life. And this morning, we're going to kind of set it up, excuse me, right before he's kind of entering in to the city and what it looks like for him and where maybe how he's feeling and what we, can we learn from some of that experience. Um, also, this afternoon, we have a basketball game. Let me throw that real quick. So we're probably not going to do a hangout at our house, but another basketball game. So 3 o'clock, I think, if you want to come on and, and watch us play basketball, it's going to be um, probably really sad. <laughs> But last week, you know, last week we played basketball and we did really well. Didn't you think we did well last week, Brad? It wasn't an official week, so it was a bye week, so we played against ourselves. Uh, but everybody scored lots of points. The games were close. Like, nobody got in a fight. It was, it was fantastic, and it was, it was sort of fun. But so today we're back in league play uh, down at West Park, and just be praying that God makes us better. We just need that. Uh, but it's, it was actually kind of interesting. We're kind of... I was thinking through, like, last week we just played pickup at a court. It was super fun. You're playing with your friends, and it's just a big difference in, than playing in the league. It's, it's still basketball both ways. It's, playing the league is still fun. You know, we hope to make some friends and build some relationships. But it's a different vibe, right? When you're on the court against people you don't know, and there's, you know, score and refs and this atmosphere. We're just not talking as much. There's not as many jokes. I was kind of thinking about just the dynamics there. Again, both we like, both we want to do, but how different it is and how we kind of sometimes need we kind of need to play, play both. As we look at this, this story, this, this Easter story, we're going to pick up Jesus just before he enters really into Holy Week. It's just a really intense time for Jesus and the and events leading up to the crucifixion. We're going to find him hanging out with friends at a dinner party. Right? So we're going to have all these stories that are going to come. It's triumphal entry. It's going to be the garden. It's the last supper. It's the betrayal. It's all these, these massive stories around Jesus. But right before that happens, he's just hanging out at a house with friends. And we're around 30 30 AD, if you're keeping track of that kind of stuff, uh, Jesus' ministry is sort of coming to a close, even though he's going to do his biggest work on the cross. But he's getting close to the city where he's going to enter in. He's not going to come back out. And we're heading into the city of Jerusalem, which is the capital of the Jewish people. It's the epicenter of, of politics and religion. And uh, we're coming up on a, 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 a religious festival called Passover. So it's this major religious pilgrimage. The city is swelling with people. There's all kinds of sojourners coming in for Passover. Uh, we know many of us, Rome is an empire at the time. They are, they are lording over Jerusalem. Jerusalem exists with some degree of freedom. But that freedom comes at a cost largely by way, by way of taxes, by way of money. So they have some degree of freedom to exist how they want, but it, it costs lots and lots of money. And there's extortion and there's property is being taken. It's this really difficult time for Rome, but they're, they're allowed to exist kind of. There's kind of a little bit of freedom for them to worship the way they want, but it comes at a, a great cost. So John 12, uh, here's where we're going to be kind of being hanging out around Bethany. You can see the, the temple in Jerusalem. You can see the garden. So this is all around a couple miles apart, but... Uh, John 12 looks like this. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So this is Lazarus' town, uh, not necessarily Lazarus' house. We'll, we'll, we'll find that in a moment. But the backstory here is the characters in this story. It's Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. They're siblings, and they're all very close friends of Jesus. These are close friends of Jesus. Chapter before, if you've heard the story of Lazarus being rose from the dead, it's, the, the, the word gets to Jesus that he had fallen. Jesus says to his disciples, our friend Lazarus is asleep. Our friend Lazarus is dead. 
Right? When the Jews are there weeping around him, they're weeping, and they say Jesus really loved Lazarus. He loved Lazarus. This is the only moment that we would see in the text around the death of Lazarus where Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Martha and, and sympathetic Jews were, were, were bewailing and, and they're, they're mourning Lazarus' death. But the word they would use for Jesus as he is reacting to, to Jesus' death is more, the, more around the term of agape, agapan, and it means to cherish. So his love for Lazarus was so deep, so deep. And he lives in, this, lives in Bethany. It's a village about two miles from the city uh, near the Mount of Olives, as we kind of saw. So this is all going to start taking place, all in this similar area. And this is a place as we were able to look through some of the stories and who Lazarus was and who Martha and Mary were in this household. This is a place that Jesus could relax. This is a place where uh, Jesus was removed from the public eye, where he can maybe eat good food from Martha. He enjoyed the company of family, uh, people who understood him. Uh, Lazarus, repeat, was not a disciple of Jesus. He didn't follow Jesus around. Jesus met him. Jesus liked him, but he didn't say, come follow me. He never said, follow me. Lazarus was a friend. Lazarus was a friend, someone Jesus apparently liked to hang out with. And I love this idea of kind of thinking about this while the world's running after Jesus and Jesus calling people to come follow him. The Lord kind of said, Lazarus, no, you stay here because I'm going to need a place to come and relax. I'm going to come and need a place just to be. I'm going to need a, a friend. And this is so important, and, and Matthew and Mark will, will kind of elaborate on this story a little bit about where they are in, in, in Bethany. And it's at this house uh, by, of Simon the leper, it says. This is hosted by Simon the leper. So he's with Lazarus, he's with Martha and Mary, he's with his friends, they're in the same village. So they're all hanging out, like, well, hey, Simon the leper wants us to come over. And they're like, I don't know, should we be going to Simon the leper's house? That doesn't sound super safe. So they end up over at his house. And we don't know much about this guy, Simon the leper. We, we kind of would assume maybe he's no longer a leper because he probably like, shouldn't be hosting dinner parties. And like, maybe Jesus healed him. That's sort of where we can fill in the blank. But he's someone who has gratitude. He's someone that still sort of has maybe stuck with that name by the writers, you know? It's like being stuck with an old high school name that like, doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, oh, hey, there's poopy pants. Oh, that was like 30 years ago, man, come on. Simon the leper? So we're hanging out this, this person's life who's been touched and having this party and is with, with friends and are honoring Jesus. And we'd see in John 15, as he, as he hangs around his disciples, his crews there, he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Indeed, I call you friends for everything I've learned from my father I've made known to you. So Jesus is the revelation of who he is. He's beginning to share this. And he's really calling more and more of his people around him into, into, into intimacy with him, into a friendship with him. And Jesus, we look at his stories, we love to talk about him. He's hanging out with you know, sinners and tax collectors and, and prostitutes and lepers. And he's, he's all these like, kind of broken people around him all the time. But he also just likes to hang out with his friends. He also just likes to sit down to dinner. He also sometimes doesn't always have to be teaching. Right? And this is the beautiful part of Jesus' humanity that we can connect with, that we can relate to. Right? He wasn't all work all the time. Sometimes he was relaxing. Sometimes he was allowing others to serve, serve him. And I think about this idea, we, we think of Jesus in so much of his work, and he's going to be doing this tremendous work the next couple of weeks we talk, and on the cross. You know, Jesus wants to be close to you. We always say, yeah, we've got to get closer to Jesus, but Jesus also wants to be close to you. There's a relational component in, in his divinity and his humanity that sometimes we, we forget, sometimes, that, sometimes we miss, of just being present, being together. doesn't always have to be talking shop. I don't know what they were talking about at that time. 
We'll see a little bit of some of the reaction to having Jesus there. This idea of friendship and the way of Jesus responding to those around him. And the only way to have a friend is, is, is to be one. And Jesus was a friend. He had friends. He acted like a friend. He had friends. He acted like a friend. He loved Lazarus. This was a dear friend of his. He calls his disciples friend. He was one of the friends. Friendship always goes both ways, right? It's like, oh, we're friends of Jesus. He's like, well, I'm not really a, a friend. I mean, they're, they're friends of me, but I don't really know them. Some of us are in those relationships where you think you're friends with someone, but then you would ask them, like, oh, I don't know, we're not really that close. But Jesus doesn't, it doesn't work that way. There's a closeness. There's a closeness to it. And he brings people in. I love this ending, though, toward coming to the cross, toward coming to a really hard time, when he drops his revelation on his disciples, on the people closest to him. Hey, listen, just so you know, we're, we're friends. We're friends now. We're friends now. And that brings in a different level of, of trust and comfort, I believe, into a time where especially the disciples and Lazarus and Martha and Mary are going to be spinning. Like, what happened? What happened? Why has he been crucified? It's not working out. And the best time to make friends is before you need them. Best time to make friends is before you need them. And I love that Jesus is just making sure. Because you're going to need to know that I'm your friend. Because what's going to happen is going to get start to get very confusing and very difficult. And a lot of times, if you've been in and out of community, you can find yourself when you're fine and life is good, you don't think about it. You're like, whatever, I don't need anybody. But man, if it, it starts to hit the fan, gosh, that's a hard time to go out and run and make friends. Right? So much of our ethos of our community is, is creating belonging and friendship. We say community and, and fellowship and koinonia, but it, I mean, yeah, it's friendship. We want to build friendships here. We're creating spaces of belonging centered around the revelation of Jesus so we can have friendships. So we can have deep, lasting friendships. So that when stuff goes down, man, we're connected. We're together. We had a, a couples night on Friday, which is just a lot of fun. If you haven't been able to make one yet and you're a couple, love, love to. I think we, we got one coming up next month. It's a lot of fun, and, and it's, it's, it's also intentional, and it's kind of borderline inappropriate at times. I think there was a couple things said maybe by the pastor that maybe he shouldn't have said. But we work stuff out together there. We work stuff out together there. I, I'm a friend of our church as much as I'm a pastor. I have friends here. I have pastors from other churches, and they just run things differently. A lot of times they check in on me like, who's your people? Like, who do you really connect with? Because you can't just do it with your congregation. I'm like, no, I do it with my congregation. That's my people. We're integrated. We, we believe in that. I'm, I'm a friend here. This is my church as much as anybody's. So like our couples and I, we work stuff out together. And the best time to make friends is before you need them. Right? The best time to be engaging in couples, groups, is before you actually like need couples a group right it's just to stay connected it's to keep that thing going so let's go on to this story uh they're you know they're dining and um uh, sorry they're dining together and 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 jesus is you know he's reclining at the table and he's just, you know being served by martha and he's uh presumably having like you know a good time and it says this mary took a pint of pure expensive perfume and this is again one of the siblings jesus is close to of Lazarus and Martha, and he poured on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with this fragrance of the perfume. And one of the disciples objected to this. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. And he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. And this is, this is the author of this gospel, John, kind of filling us in. They didn't maybe know this at the time, but let, let me just shed some light on why Judas is doing this, because we found out he's been robbing money from us the whole time. 
Right? He's a thief. He's a thief. So there's this moment, crazy moment. Jesus is reclining. And at this time, probably just men, probably just men reclining at this low table. They're on their kind of knees. And, and, and this friend of Jesus, someone who loved Jesus, who Jesus cared about, comes out and, and just puts this beautiful perfume on his feet, wipes it with her hair. And she's just moved in this moment. She just moved in the spirit. She's like, I have this, this amazing, expensive gift that been saving for something, or maybe it's for a burial, or it's for, you know, it's an investment. We're going to use it later on. And she's like, I'm going to use it now. I'm moving the spirit to use this now. You know, and Jesus kind of jumps on her. No, 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 that's not a good idea. That's not practical. There's so many other things we can do with that. You know, let's give it to the poor. And Jesus kind of says, hey, leave her alone. Leave her alone. He says, back off. What she's doing is, is beautiful in this moment. Leave her alone. And he kind of says, I'm here, I'm here now. I'm here now. There's this moment happening now. And she's responding to something now. There's opportunity. This will not be the same opportunity later. Right? And maybe it was a little weird, it was a little awkward for those around, but Jesus said, leave her alone. I love what she's doing. Because we're here now, we're here together now. And I love this moment in the spirit, and this Mary seems to be able to do this well. This moment is where there's an opportunity now that maybe like, I don't know, you could overthink it. Tons of reasons why you shouldn't do it. She could have taken all this time, like talk it over. Let's get a board together. Let's discuss this. But she responds. She's like, he's here now. I have this now. And we've all kind of been there if you've been traveling or you're at a different place. And, and you kind of sometimes make decisions where you say like, well, I mean, we're here. Like, should we do this? Should we get that? Like, oh, we're here. My family was traveling through Philadelphia uh, a few years ago, and Philadelphia is rich in history, probably one of the deepest you know, places, accessible American history uh, in the country. Just amazing, kind of watching where the founding fathers would hang out. It's an incredible city. But it's also an incredible city for cheesesteaks. And we would like walk you know, the streets going back and forth to really important historical events and see like cheesesteak shops, and like, should we get another cheesesteak? Like, we're here. We're here. I wouldn't necessarily do that in Ventura, but we're here now. Right? We're, we are, we're in Philly now. We're in Philadelphia now. And we did like a cheesesteak tour. We probably spent more time eating cheesesteaks than we did in the Founding Fathers' halls. But, but we were there. Like, I guess we're there. We're, we're doing it. We're here now. Or you know that if you're at a place, like, oh, should we, you know, should we order this? Like, we're, well, we're here. This is what they're known for. Like, should we get a drink? Well, we're here. Like, we're here now. And there's a moment to our faith that we need to respond to that. I love the Martha abilities as well, because this is as important serving, presumably happy to be serving, right? She's taking care of this house and, and, and these people and these men, and she's cooking, and she's loving on people that way. Super important. We've seen that in her, in her past, if you follow the, the rest of the story. Super important. She kind of knows what she's done. She probably planned the menu. She did the shopping before. It's always super important. She's prepared, right? Her gift is, is prepared. She's ready to serve in that way. And Mary, in her way, is like, I don't know, like she's probably helping serve as well. But she's like, I, I gotta do something, I got something else in mind. And she responds in that. And I think we can learn from both, because some of us do nothing until we're really inspired or moved. Well, you could still be serving. You, you could come still, you know, set up chairs, right? That you could serve through those moments. And then in the moments where you're feeling like inspired, like this is an opportunity for my kids, for my friends, for my neighbor, for my spouse. I feel like I should be doing something. And maybe it seems extravagant. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it puts you out of your comfort zone. But to be able to respond in those moments, 
to respond in those moments. And it's always hard to hear the voice of, of God clearly. I say, hey, it's almost always, right? There's just so many other things going on. But if you're like 80% sure, like that's good enough. If you're like at 80% prompting from God to do something, take a shot at it. Take a shot at it. Like what if it doesn't work? What if it wasn't a good idea? Well, what if it was? You don't want to miss that. And some of us can get caught overthinking this stuff. We have this voice of Judas in our head, like, well, yeah, this, we could do this, this, and this. We probably shouldn't because, you know, this would be good for a year. And well, what about, you know, all these things, the lists? Again, not, not wrong. But when they squash the moment, right, when they miss opportunity, because, ah, we're here now. Jesus said, leave her alone. I am here now. And I won't be, I won't be like this always. Uh, meanwhile, there was this large crowd of Jews that were, had found out uh, Jesus was there. And they came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, who he had raised from the dead. So word gets around, right? This is kind of a big, big deal. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were giving, giving over to Jesus and believe, going over to Jesus and believe, believing in him. So there's a big crowd. They're kind of, they're there, they're suspicious. Uh, the, the leaders, the religious leaders, they don't like what's happening, right? We're going to see this escalate over the next few weeks to the point of arrest and crucifixion. But they get word of this, like Lazarus is here, everyone's talking about him, Jesus is there, everyone's talking about him. And I love this moment, though, that's included right, right, I mean, just right before Jesus is going to kind of enter into the city and it's just going to be, you know, wild, this, this event that starts to happen. And he brings Lazarus into the story, and the gospel writers include Lazarus in the story, that, yeah, there, people are there to see Jesus, but it also says on account of him, on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing him. Because of him, because of Lazarus. Again, in, in a story, as we get into the Easter story, it's all pointed at Jesus, it's Jesus' moment. It's all going to be about him, and it's a major focus on him. There's this kind of model here that says, yeah, but it's also about the people I hang out with. It's also about my friends. My friends are also leading people to God because of the way I've touched their life. For on account of Lazarus, many were going over to Jesus and believe. And we haven't seen a lot of this yet in the Gospels. Now, this is going to be the model moving forward because Jesus is going to be gone and he's going to use his friends now to attract people unto, unto the Father. But this moment that's included, account of Lazarus. Right, and I think of our lives as people who hope to attract those to Jesus, that our lives would help people come over to a place of believing, that our lives, the way we live, would maybe cause people to want to belong to even this community or a community. We talk often here about the idea that those on the outside of our church may be skeptical of what we believe, because sometimes it's hard to figure this out, they be skeptical of what we believe, but envious about how we live, envious about how we live. And anyone who saw any of our couples night madness on like Amy's stories, like, man, that looks so fun. That looks so fun. Because it is fun. It is fun. That's our life. Our life should reflect that type of energy. Why? Not just because it's like, oh, it's wine and it's last, but no, because we spend time with Jesus. Because we're friends with Jesus. I'm going to have Noah come up and, and Michelle and Josh will kind of wrap up this moment. But there's an act activation moment here for, for, I think, for you and I as we get toward this Easter story. It's obviously like probably the most important story ever. 
And people start thinking about Jesus a little bit during these times, like, oh, yeah, this is that one of those times, like, we should maybe, be, maybe we should be going to church, and maybe we should be thinking about this God thing again. Like. But I think about this idea of Lazarus. People were coming also because of him, because of the way that Jesus touched his life. And that's my prayer for us. As we work, as we go to school, right, as we're at sports, as we're at the pubs, as we're at homes, as we're out dinners, there's something like people are like, ah, oh, that's, that's one of the guys, that's one of the women who hangs out at that church, who hangs, hangs around Jesus all the time. And that some may come and come and coming on account of that activity because of our lives. So God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for your story. Lord, I, uh, gosh, that's the word, uh, Oof, encouragement just coming to mind. I, I think there's someone and maybe a couple of people who just need to be encouraged. And a friend is encouraging. A friend encourages. And so I, I would speak encouragement over your life and I maybe remind you that Jesus is a friend to you and would love to encourage you wherever you're at, whatever the situation is, that he may bring, bring encouragement uh, to your life through the Holy Spirit as we sing out this, uh, this last song. In your name, amen.